Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. <laughs> and I'm joined. Why is this man oh, laughing? Oh, my goodness. I'm oh, my jo- goodness. <laughs> joined by Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. Julie, it is now officially 10 mm-hmm. degrees below zero, and you yeah. and I are talking gardening. <laughs> okay, well, why not? This is the point of the year uh, when and, and when you and your colleagues are on CCO that, <clears throat> and the gardeners, mm-hmm. among others, they want spring. Yeah. We want, you know, what, what, what's the, what are people doing now? Looking at the seed catalogs, things like that, right? Well, first of all, I think they'd just be happy if it was about 25 degrees. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah 25, <laughs> about 50 degrees warmer yeah. than we have now. But exactly. uh, if you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. Julie uh, and her colleagues uh, help us out every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Today, it's special. Not that mm-hmm. it isn't usually, but Julie's going to be on t- uh, today in this 8 o'clock hour and <laughs> in the 10 o'clock hour. Yeah, so, double uh, dipping. Yeah, double dipping. So <laughs> if you uh, have any kind of a lawn or garden question and maybe didn't make it in, we always tend to get busy, too, when Julie's on the air. So uh, call in your lawn or garden question uh, or send a text. Again, it's the same number, 651 uh, if you want to call and chat with uh, Julie, great. Uh, if you want to send her a text, that'd be okay, too. But again, the same number, 651-461-9226. Uh, this hour, and again, 10 o'clock. So that's great. Um, I, I was starting warming up the car the, uh, yesterday morning, and I'm looking <laughs> at my uh, boxwoods, who look pretty good, by the way. I mean, yep. compared well, to good. some years past where we had yeah. you know no snow and crazy weather. Mm-hmm. Now, this uh, is... is I've never put protection on them. Is that something that uh, all shrubs need or just uh, some? I mean, I I never did ask you guys that. So boxwoods are called broadleaf evergreens, meaning that they're not coniferous evergreens like pines and spruce. And and because of that, they have a tendency to become very dried out over the winter. Mm. Those broad leaves that they have to retain through the winter need to stay green, and they stay green because they have moisture in them. And when they do turn brown, it's usually because of really cold, windy conditions and dry conditions. So people do wrap them in burlap. Sometimes you'll see kind of these strange figures around people's yards all wrapped in burlap for the winter. And uh, but if they're planted in the right location, it sounds like yours are, Denny. That they yeah. um, 
they stay out of the wind. They're kind of in a somewhat, somewhat protective area, and uh, and and not you know subject to these northwest prevailing winds that we have in the winter. But most important is to also keep watering your evergreens, oh, both yeah. coniferous and broadleaf, up until the time the soil freezes or you have to turn your water off. So uh, this year we had a very long fall, so we had a lot of opportunity to do that for quite a while. And sounds like they're doing great. Snow cover also helps. You know, when we don't have snow, our plants really suffer. That snow has a good insulating value. And without it, our roots are subject to a lot of stress, and also our evergreens are subject to a lot of stress as well. Uh, and, and what about houseplants, too? I'm thinking of uh, listeners when they call in or text in the, their questions. Uh, we're talking inside and outside uh, lawn and garden. Well, not maybe not lawn inside, but <laughs> hey, who knows, uh, with grow lights. Um, and this was uh, this is something, as you're aware of, we always get uh, dormant seeding questions. Of course, we right. have snow cover, at least we do in my neighborhood. Yes. Uh, and I, I was hoping to get out and do a little more of dormant seeding, but I guess I'm a little late in that <laughs> regard. But uh, talk about dormant seeding for maybe we have new new listeners. What exactly is that for our lawns, and how do we do it? Well, the grasses we grow for lawns here in Minnesota are called cool season grasses, meaning that they have the most growth during cool times of the year, meaning spring and fall. And fall is our number one time for doing lots of things with our lawns, including seeding. And dormant seeding is a process where we put down the the grass seed after temperatures have gotten too cold for that grass seed to germinate. And then that grass seed lies dormant through the winter, and in the spring, then, it starts to sprout when the moisture and the temperatures are appropriate. So it, it's a good way to get a jump on your spring lawn. It's also a nice way to, uh, you know, when you've got some bare patches, that you can go ahead and get a, get a head start on that as well. So that is, that's essentially dormant seeding. You can also seed in August as well. And people do put down seed in the spring as well, too, when the temperatures are appropriate. Now, what do you call those cold cold weathers <laughs> this is what what kind of grass seed is that cool season grasses cool so these are grass. kentucky blue grass is probably the most common that we see in our lawns but there's also fescues which we're really promoting at the university of minnesota because there's a uh, it's got a fescues are very drought tolerant they also grow in a variety of different light conditions meaning full sun part shade even in the shade they do fairly well and they have a low nutrition value meaning that they don't require a lot of fertilizer so they're a good all around tough lawn grass they still give you a nice green lush lawn and they're still very um, you know walkable and playable so they're a good alternative to the more um, kind of needy Kentucky bluegrass that we have. But you can do a mixture of those two. So you could do a higher percentage of fescue and then a little bit of Kentucky blue. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, 651-461-9226. Again, 651-461-9226. You can call it in or you can text it in with that uh, with that same number. 226. Again, 651-461-9226. You can call it in or you can text it in with that uh, with that same number. What kind of problems, Julie, by the way, if you're just joining us, Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M is answering your questions today. What, what about uh, the, the indoor plants? What kind of problems are we seeing with those? I know I had to, uh, <laughs> I had to chase some fungus gnats again. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I, I think I have it under control now. 
What is that pretty common? And, and are there only certain plants that get fungus gnats? Well, fungus gnats, people often think they're fruit flies. Like yeah, maybe they've had exactly. fruit out on their counter. It's gone a little ripe. They are seeing these little flies, and they're thinking they have fruit flies. And when they throw the fruit away, they still have these flies. And fungus gnats grow in continually moist conditions. So just like their name sounds, they like damp soil. They like fungus, mold, bacteria. And they feed on that, and the larvae feed on that when it's on the roots of the plant. So if you have a plant that is continually uh, growing in, in moist to wet soil, then you need to let it dry out. And, and the fungus gnats, the, the conditions won't be favorable to them any longer. So that's the important thing is to water. Watering is probably the number one problem I, I hear about the most from, uh, from people in their houseplants is that they overwater their plants. And they do that a couple ways. One is they water regularly on a schedule. And you really need to feel the soil first and make sure that it's dry and that the plant actually needs to be watered. Sometimes people will have a plant potted in a nursery pot, one of these green or black ugly pots, and they'll put it into a decorative pot. And they'll water into that decorative pot, which has no hole in it, has no drainage. Mm. And the plant will wind up sitting in a couple of inches or more of water. And so that soil is continually wet, so it's really favorable for fungus gnats. Fungus gnats can come from other plants. They can also come in from the outdoors if you keep your plants outside. And I think the best way to really quickly get rid of fungus gnats on a plant is to repot the plant. Mm. And to repot it, making sure that you have a pot that has good drainage. And if you do have one of these double pots with the nursery pot inside a decorative pot, take the nursery pot out, set it in your sink, water it, allow it to drain well, and then put it back into that decorative pot. So that's, those are probably the number one, that's the number one thing we see. What happens ultimately is the plant's roots will rot. And they'll rot from being sitting in this water. And when they, when they do, you see the plant start to wilt, and you're, people are confused because they think, well, it's, it, the soil's wet. How can it be wilting? Well, it's wilting because those roots are disintegrating, and they cannot, the plant can't take up any water into the plant because the roots are gone. So it's kind of ironic that way. But, uh, but that's, that's probably the, if, if people could just feel the soil, check the plant, don't water on a schedule, and make sure that you're allowing that pot to drain really well and before you put it back in that decorative pot, that's, that's probably will save your house plants a lot. Very good. All right, Julie, we need to take a, a quick break. Let's, again, invite our listeners to join in on our uh, Smart Garden show. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, maybe you received a plant for the holidays. Yeah, uh, can... I have a suggestion too, Denny. Oh, yeah? I think because it's New Year's Day, if people have resolutions, gardening resolutions mm. for the coming year, uh, I think that would be interesting to hear from people too. Either That's text a good or call idea. it in. Since it is New Year's Day. That's right. <laughs> a garden, a, a New Year's resolution pertaining yeah. to, to, to gardening or lawns. Or lawns. Lawns, lawns or gardens, gardens, trees, yeah. you name it. All, all the above. All right, yeah. good, great idea. We'll do that when we come back. <laughs> uh, yeah, here again is not only our phone number, but it's our text number. Folks are, are making use of that. Uh, and don't wait. Call it in or text it in, 651-461-9226 on our Smart Garden Show around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour here on News Talk 830 WCCO.
And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. We are, I was going to say normally here, and we are always here on Saturday morning, 8, eight o'clock hour. Today is a special day, though, because Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M not only is uh, helping you out this hour, but also in the 10 o'clock hour this morning. So right after our uh, Andy Linda's show with Linda's Construction, uh, Julie will return to answer more questions. So if you didn't get your question answered this hour, uh, stay with us, and uh, you can uh, call or text Julie back in the uh, 10 o'clock hour. So a couple of opportunities. Here is our phone number. It's also our text number for any kind of a lawn or garden question you have for Julie, 651-461-9226. We'll grab some text messages in a moment, uh, Julie. But Sue, I think, is calling in from uh, Stillwater uh, this right. morning. Uh, Sue, good morning. You're on CCO with Julie. Hello, Sue. Hello, Sue. Is Sue with us, Dennis? No. I don't think so. No. I guess not. <laughs> Maybe not. Hey, Dennis, you're on the show. Yay. <laughs> we don't usually hear from him. That's right. He's kind of a quiet guy. He's, he's well, pretty, she can call back. He's pretty busy. Yeah, Sue calls yeah. back. She, she may have been grabbing Maybe a cup of coffee or something. she had to get the bacon off of, out of the oven. All right. Here's, well, here's a couple, actually. Two questions. Oh, right. And if cool. I can follow the text Let's screen. Uh, it said, I planted garlic last fall. Oh, nice. Should that be mulch now that the ground is frozen? I work at a coffee shop with lots and lots of coffee grounds. Are they helpful or harmful? And I guess those are the two questions. Gar- should okay. it be mulch, the garlic, and our coffee? We get that question once in a while about coffee grounds. But right, either, Well, right. you can grab either one. Okay, so uh, garlic, Yay. Yes, I planted a ton of garlic at my cousin Steve's farm out in Independence. And, in fact, we had so much garlic, I gave some of it to my colleague Natalie Hoytel because we ran out of space. But, um, uh, yeah, garlic is a great thing to plant. You actually take the big bulb and you break off the cloves, and the cloves are what you plant for the individual plants for next year. Um, You could mulch it, but, you know, depending on where you live, if you have snow cover, that is actually acting somewhat like a protective mulch in a way. Um, I want I want to say that every inch of snow has an R factor of one or so. Uh, so that six inches of snow has an R factor of six, and that's the same as a bat of fiberglass insulation. I'm not a home... Um, <laughs> Winterizer or anything. Home yeah. improvement. We could ask Andy that. Absolutely. But, and we but will. anyway, it's so there's a good insulating factor because that the ice crystals in snow actually hold air and and that acts as kind of like as an insulating factor. So that's great. So you don't right now I I mean if you threw mulch down, I don't know. I I think I would not worry about it at this point because we've got enough snow cover and again depending on where you live. If you have no snow cover on it, yeah, definitely you could throw some hay, straw. Um, you want to use straw that is clean straw. In other words, no seeds in it. Uh, you can use leaves. You can use wood wood mulch. So yes, you could do that, and uh, and that would actually be good in the spring too. If you if you can't do it now, but to mulch those little plants when they start to come up, because that helps to hold moisture in. And then also to keep the temperatures moderate of the soil, even when we get into you know hotter days. So, um, garlic is fantastic. That's great. And then the second question: coffee grounds. Coffee grounds. Coffee grounds don't really add anything to the soil, but they lighten the soil, meaning that they give it air pockets. And because of their granular quality, they don't add nutrients. They don't add the 
you know, the caffeine doesn't do anything, but, but they do benefit the texture of the soil and the, the way the soil has air in it. And that's always great because you want air in your soil for good root, root development. We talked earlier about roots that sit in water all the time. They have no air. It's an anaerobic environment, and that's tough on roots. Roots need air. They also need water. And that uh, the coffee grounds, along with things like compost, leaf mulch, they all add air to the soil, and they lighten that soil, especially if you have clay soil. If you have sandy soil, coffee grounds may or may not help a lot. They're not going to hurt anything, um, but compost is better and leaf mulch is better because they actually retain water. And in sandy soil, as you know, if you have sandy soil, it dries out really quickly. So they help to hold water and make that water available to the roots of the plants. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. We have uh, a couple of calls. I want to alert uh, oh, not only Joy, but Sue, you're, you're going to grab your phone calls just as soon as we do the forecasts, which is uh, coming up. We have about <laughs> another half hour uh, of the Garden Show this hour. Again, for those just joining, a smart garden normally heard 8 to 9 will still be heard. But again, Julie's going to come back at 10 this morning to uh, to uh, do cleanup, <laughs> do, the, do the questions <laughs> we didn't get answered. Yes, resolutions. resolutions. Yeah, if you have any gardening resolutions, you can tell Julie those too when we come back. So we'll, we'll have a look at that chilling forecast, and then we'll grab some calls and text messages here on the Smart Garden Show, News Talk 830 WCCO. Point at uh, minus 18, 67 the humidity, and with mostly cloudy skies, our current CCO temperature reading 10 degrees below zero. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here, Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M, answering your lawn and garden questions this morning. This morning at 8 uh, and also at 10. So uh, we're going to get, a like a, a Julie said, double dip. If yeah. you have more lawn and garden questions, you'll have another crack at it in the 10 o'clock hour. Uh, speaking of phone calls and texts, you can do either with 651-461-9226, just like Sue, who's calling back from Stillwater, I believe, this morning. Hi, Sue. What's your question for Julie? Can you hear me this time? We certainly can. Yes, Loud and clear. perfectly. Wonderful. I've waited through <laughs> two commercial breaks. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really enjoy your show. Thank you. And Thank you. Um, anyway, I I took your advice last fall and um, dug up a hibiscus and put it in uh, an, a pot and in my garage. Okay. And. What I'm remembering I was supposed to do is just let it sit there until mid-January, but I don't know where to go from here. So uh, this is a hibiscus, right? Is it a tropical yes. hibiscus? I don't know. Okay. But it's um, tall. Okay. So and we it's have kind perenni- of twisted. Did it have flowers that were really big or flowers that were maybe the, as big as a softball? They were they were pretty big. They're pretty big. Okay, so that is a perennial. I'm going to guess it's a perennial hibiscus. That plant, um, you can uh, go ahead and plant it once the conditions are warm enough. So when the soil, when you can actually dig in the soil, and uh, and the temperatures are you know in the maybe 40s, 50s, then you can replant it. Or you can move your pot out into the garden. You could you could bring it into the house and water it, 
and you can go ahead then and you know it'll start to put out leaves and things and then you could put leave bring the pot out onto your deck or patio um once the weather is you know the nights are in the 50 degrees or so it's next year um i'm not sure i don't remember if i gave you the advice of digging it up or not but that plant is a perennial plant if it's a perennial hibiscus and it can survive through the winter in minnesota in the ground so you could have left it in the ground and then mulched it put some some wood mulch around it and left it there and uh and then in the spring it would just sprout on its own now if it's a tropical hibiscus that is not going to survive through the winter so you are correct to bring that in you can actually bring that right into the house as a house plant and grow it through the whole winter it'll bloom it'll be leafed out it'll look lovely and then you can move it back outside onto your deck or patio uh, in the spring. So it depends on which kind of hibiscus you have. But next year you could plant it in the garden once you can work in the garden. And then go ahead and leave it there through the, through the winter. Just mulch it. Cut it down and mulch it. And, uh, and it should be fine the following spring. All right, very good. Thank you, Sue. Appreciate Thanks, the call. Thanks, Sue. Nice we could connect. Yes, finally. 651 <laughs> is our phone number. It's also our text number. Back to the phones we go. I think uh, Hutchinson is our next stop. Joy should be there. Hi, Joy. What's your question? Happy New Year. Yes. Happy New Year to you, too, and all the listeners. And I, get, I learn so much from this show every time I listen. Great. <clears throat> Excuse me. One time, one thing I'd like to pass on that has worked now for me regarding fungus gnats. I always have the issue because I bring things in from outdoors. This fall, same thing. And then I read a tip that has worked for me, and it is one part of hydrogen peroxide to four parts of water to water the plant. Best if it can kind of flush through. And one time is all it's taken for me to get rid of the fungus nets so far. So I thought I'd just pass that on because I didn't know that before I read it either. And uh, like I say, it's worked. And the plants haven't okay. been affected by it. I kind of worried about that, but it's working. Yeah, so hydrogen peroxide, I've heard of that as well. And I've done a little bit of reading about it. It it actually is something, I'm not a soil scientist, um, <laughs> but... Uh, but I, I have read that hydrogen peroxide is something that is in, it's actually um, natural in the soil. It's, it's in our soil, and it converts to water as, as when you add it in as an additive like that. Uh, it apparently d- treats the, uh, the larvae that are, in, that are living in the soil, and then it flushes out as water, so it doesn't harm the plant. Um, I'm glad to hear that you're measuring and putting in, you know, a little bit of hydrogen peroxide to the water instead of just, you know, guessing, because that's important when you are doing a, a home remedy like that. So it's, um, I have heard about that. I have not tried it myself, and uh, but thank you for sharing that. That's a that's a good thing to uh, to pass on to people. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Joy. Uh, you know, we should mention, especially, you know, here we are, a new day, new year, and uh, <laughs> if we have some new listeners who may be unaware of that wonderful website at the University of Minnesota you guys work so hard on. Yeah, so it's extension.umn.edu, and it's called Yard and Garden. And we also have an excellent um, publication that comes out 
twice a month, Yard and Garden News. It's online, and you can subscribe to it and get an alert when the new information is up. So we have uh, a team member who puts that online for uh, all of our subscribers. And we try to write as um, we try to write current things that we are seeing. And, and in the winter, we write a lot about houseplants. We write about choosing seeds. It's coming up to that time. Hopefully, people are starting to order their seeds. And, uh, and we also write about conditions that we see, like extreme cold <laughs> and, and snow cover or lack thereof. So it's a great current uh, piece of information that I think all gardeners in Minnesota and even Wisconsin and the Dakotas and Iowa might find really helpful. So we enjoy writing that. Our website is chock full of other web pages about everything from trees and shrubs to vegetables, fruits, house plants, flowers. Um, uh, we have some good diagnostic tools. What's wrong with my plant? Is this plant a weed? What insect is this? There's also information on becoming a master gardener too and, and how to reach master gardeners in your county for help. And is I think if and I haven't checked them all out in the lower forty eight or Alaska, but it's gotta <laughs> be probably one of the best uh online the best uh websites for uh for that kind of lawn and garden information a- anywhere, right? Well, I mean you like guys get a lot so. of hits. <laughs> we get a lot of hits. It's a very popular site, a lot of visits from people. And a lot of new readers, actually. So that's that's what we're always trying to reach, those people who don't know about extension and don't know the value that we can bring to their lives. So um, so I, I'm happy whenever I see that uh, that number of new readers go up, along with our, our solid subscriber base. <laughs> yeah, well, you guys do a great job. So thank you for that. Um, I want to invite our listeners to join in again. For those that just maybe tuned in, uh, Julie Weisenhorn answering your lawn and garden questions today. Uh, not only this hour, but in the 10 o'clock hour as well. So if we don't get to all your questions or you don't have time right now to ask them, but uh, have in that 10 o'clock hour, come on back and join us uh, when Julie returns. But here's one, Julie. Uh, it's a uh, lawn question. We had <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah, we had grubs in our front yard mm-hmm. and ended up with only weeds by the end of the growing season. What should we be doing this coming spring? Okay, so grubs are, of course, the immature... Uh, uh, bean or immature beetles. It could be June beetles, Japanese beetles. Um, could be a number of different kind of those big hardy beetles. And grubs will overwinter through, uh, and then they are at their largest early in the spring. So that is when they're the hardest to kill. So they will, those beetles or those grubs that are in the soil in the spring will eventually pupate and emerge as adult beetles. Uh, so the time to treat for beetles is actually in after the 1st of July or so. And to that's when you want to treat for them. If you definitely have determined you have grubs, which sounds like this, this uh, texture did, then you want to anticipate treating for them in July. When, they, when the, new, uh, the new life or the new... Um, generation hatches and they're and they're very tiny that's when they're most vulnerable and that's when you want to really nail them with the, the pesticide the other thing you can do too is of course you're going to need to reseed your lawn and get rid of the weeds and uh, you can do that starting in the spring when the temperatures are warm enough for the seed to germinate and also when 
you can uh, you got to get rid of the weeds first because you don't want to uh, deal with the competition. So uh, yeah, grubs. It's interesting because a lot of people right away say, I, "I had grubs last year. I've got to treat them in the spring. What do I do?" But that's the hardest time to treat for grubs is when they're those big fat grubs. So you want to wait, uh, and I know that's hard to do, but you want to wait until about July to treat. And if you look at any kind of a treatment plan, and you can look on our website, we have a lot of information about grubs and lawns, is look for that life cycle and understand that the life cycle, the time you want to treat is at mid, mid-summer treatment. Uh, speaking of lawns and speaking of uh, the U of M website, you, you guys have put together, uh, you have too, uh, kind of a process. I know it's January 1st and it's 10 below zero, but as far as uh, what to do when, you know, as far as fertilizing right. and things like that, you, you really kind of put a, a calendar out there. Yeah, we have the Minnesota Lawn Care Calendar. It's on our uh, lawn care webpage on Yard and Garden. And it has a good, uh, it gives you the best time to do something. And if you happen to have missed that, it gives you a second best time to do that. And so that's a great kind of rule of thumb. It, it, you have to take into consideration the conditions too. Like we had such a dry summer and it was so hot that there were, we got, I, I believe if I remember correctly, our temperatures were really high starting early in the spring. And that, you know, that, that makes it more difficult to do something. So you have to also consider the weather and take that, um, you know, with a grain of salt and then kind of say, well, let me think about that. And, you know, do I still want to, it, it's 90 degrees, is my grass seed still going to germinate? And that kind of thing. So, but it is a good rule of thumb. It's a good guideline. And you can always then reach out to us directly to find out if, if it's a good time to do that. And this show is super helpful for that because we're on every week. Yep. So we can update you every week on it. Absolutely. Again, uh, it's uh, extension.umn.edu. All right. Right. Uh, they're telling me, Dennis, is that we need to take a break. So let's do that. And let's invite our listeners to join in. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, there's still time this hour. But again, if you can't, uh, we can't get your question answered this hour, join us again at 10. Julie will be back in the 10 o'clock hour to do more lawn or garden talk here. 651 Four six one nine two two six. We'll pick up on some text questions when we come back. Julie here on News Talk eight three zero. This is WCCO. And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here along with Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota answering your lawn or garden questions either by phone or by text. And, Julie, we have phone callers, so let's see if we can't uh, feel those uh, before we run out of time. Julie will return at 10 o'clock this morning, so uh, fear not. If you didn't get your questions answered this hour, we have the 10 o'clock hour to to get that done. Uh, Guy's calling in from uh, Rosemount this morning. Guy, good morning. Happy New Year. What's your question for Julie? Ah, you know, I have a few plants that I bring in in the wintertime. I have uh, two bougainvilleas and a fuchsia, and I need to repot those this winter because they're just outgrowing their current abode there. Sure. And I'm wondering how far or if I should trim them back before I um, repot them. Well, I think I, I would trim them back just so they're manageable. Those are pretty vining plants, and they're beautiful plants, really, really wonderful, and it's great that you brought them indoors. So I think just you could trim them up to just so you could manage them, and you might even have somebody help you, like hold the the stems 
while you do the repotting too. But um, I don't think you have to cut them way back or anything. All right, very good. Thanks, Guy. Uh, again, here's our phone number and text number for future use, 651-461-9226. Let's go to Edina next. I think Nancy is there uh, ready to ask you a question. Good morning, Nancy. What's your question, please? Good morning on Happy New Year. I have a comment about a fertilizer. Last year I bought some begonias, four-inch pots and other sizes, and I gave one to a friend of mine. And later in the summer I visited that friend, and that begonia, I couldn't believe it was the one I gave him, <laughs> was, was, was as high as the front door. It was a big bush. And I go, oh my wow, gosh. where did you get that? <laughs> he said, and honest to God, he said, no, that's the one you gave me. And I said, what oh my are word. you using? Okay, here's here's the secret, and I went out and bought it right away. And even the, it's Jack's fertilizer, J A C K, okay. and it is wonderful. You can buy it at your local garden store or I guess Walmart. My sister ordered it for me on Amazon, and even toward the end of the summer, the the same begonia plants that I had no luck with were growing. I hated to throw them out by October. Wow. But that, that's my tip. That's my tip of the day. My four-inch pot was as high as a bush in front of the front <laughs> door. I love those stories. <laughs> those are great. Yeah, thank you, Nancy. Great. What that's great. Yeah. Well, it's it, you know, fertilizer goes a long way, especially in containers like that. So remember that these plants are growing in a finite amount of soil, and uh, and so you need to provide that for them, and they do use it up through the season. So that uh, that's a great story. Uh, I'm looking at a text message, Julie, that kind of is related. It says, happy 2022. How often should I fertilize indoor plants? Is it different for cacti? And what fertilizer ratio should be used? All these questions. So a little oh, time. Wow. Do you recommend these <laughs> pumping fertilizer bottles? So, um, Well, first thing is that with, uh, with house plants, you want to fertilize about every, when you see active growth. So sometimes plants will go into a little bit of dormant, uh, right after they're brought in, dormancy. So when you start to see new leaves, buds, uh, new roots, if you're growing orchids, you want to do, uh, you want to fertilize, and you want to use half the strength recommended because again, these plants are in these finite conditions. You don't want to overload them too much with fertilizer because fertilizer can desiccate or dry out plants as well. So about half strength when you see active growth. Cacti are unique because they are slower growing, and I would refer to a cactus. I would buy a cactus fertilizer, and I would read that information, and again, I would do it at about half strength. And again, you only, you only fertilize cacti about once a month or so because they don't require a lot of water. You don't want to overwater them. Make sure they're draining well. That's important for all houseplants. Uh, fertilizer ratio is one question, and the other was what? Uh, pumping fertilizer oh, bottles. Okay. Uh, fertilizer ratio, it depends, uh, usually an all purpose fertilizer, or again, if you have like, for example, African violets, you can buy a special fertilizer that's designed for African violets, same with orchids, cacti, and I would reach out for those other house plants like, uh, you know, peace lilies and, uh, Christmas cactus. Those are a little bit more, just an all purpose fertilizer works for that. I'm not sure about these pumping bottles. I, I like to actually measure it myself, mix it in the water, and, and make sure that I'm doing it consistently. Um, I wouldn't rely on a pumping bottle. I guess I just don't – I haven't tried them, uh, but I, I think it's easier to just use a, a liquid fertilizer and dissolve it in the water, mix it in with the water. Okay. 
Let's grab a phone call from Anne, who is calling in from Minneapolis, I believe, this morning. Anne, are you still there? And Happy New Year. Thank you, and the same to you guys. Hey, my question is about a a red Japanese maple. It's um, about two feet tall. I got it as a baby, and it's been doing good. It's in its second year now. I'm hearing two different schools of thought. Um, In the summer, of course, it's out on the patio, and it's really happy. In the winter, I bring it in. Some people say find a nice, um, a nice uh, sunny spot where it can get light and leave it in the heated part of the house. Other people say put it in a protected area of your garage or down the basement and let it go dormant and drop all its leaves. And I'm wondering which is the preferred method or the pros and cons. I think you could do either one. I can't say that I've tried that with the Japanese maple. Japanese maples are are somewhat tender plants here in Minnesota, though people do have success with growing them in protected microclimates in their yards. So these are areas that are, you know, the right amount of light, protected from wind, moisture. I I think that you could do either one of those. And the maybe the pros and cons would be um that you do allow the plant to go dormant like in, in your garage as it naturally would if it was growing outside. So you're following the natural process versus if you are growing it indoors, you're growing it now throughout the entire year and that plant doesn't get a dormant period. Uh, sometimes a dormancy is important to plants. It, it, it will prompt budding, it will prompt leafing, flowering, depending on the plant. But it also gives the plant um, maybe a little bit of rest time. It's not stressing that it's trying to grow in an artificial environment. If it were my plant, I think I would probably put it in the garage and or in the basement where and let it go dormant. I would give it a little bit of water maybe, you know, once a month and uh and and then I would take it out as soon as it starts to warm up and I would bring it out into my house then and and or out into the uh, a sunny window at that point, allow it to start leafing out maybe in March. And so that by April or May, you can start to acclimate it to the outdoors. Excellent. Uh, let me give the phone number and the text number again. And for those that just joined us, uh, Julie, on the Smart Garden Show, we have an extra ed- edition of it. Uh, double dip, yes. as Julie said. She's, <laughs> Julie's going to return at 10 this morning uh, with uh, with more uh, answering more lawn and garden questions. So keep that in mind. I know we have a bunch of text messages uh, right now, and we'll certainly pick up on those if we don't get uh, through those today. We just have a minute or so uh, to uh, to go in this hour. You know, maybe what we should do, Julie, is uh, give again that uh, university website, and then uh, we come back here in a couple of minutes right after the news. We'll uh, I want to talk about the Arboretum too, and some uh, lawn and garden New Year's resolutions. We'll do that. Yes, we can do 10 that at ten o'clock. All right, okay. give us give us that uh, that website. It is extension.umn.edu, and also I would encourage people to subscribe to the Yard and Garden News, which is our uh, bi-monthly, I think I said that right, twice a month, uh, uh, publication that is online. And you can get an alert that we have some new information if you are a subscriber. Excellent. All right, Julie, go have some coffee. And, uh, All right. Maybe a I'll donut. see you in, in a couple hey, hours or in an hour. Years. All right, good deal. Julie, <laughs> see you at 10 uh, o'clock. See you at 10. Julie Weisner will re- be back in the 10 o'clock hour for an extra edition of our Smart Garden Show here on CCO. In the meantime, cloudy skies. We're in the midst of a wind chill advisory today, tonight, and a bit of your Sunday tomorrow. We'll get details coming along in a moment. We might 
get up to two below for a daytime high today. In the meantime, northwest winds at nine. Our do, our wind chill now is a minus twenty-seven. Mostly cloudy skies. Our current CCO temperature reading ten degrees below zero. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 